The following is from East Delta Baptist Church. For more information, visit us online at www.eastdeltabc.com. And I was thinking about faith and uh, how that relates to us uh, in our everyday Christian walk. And uh, faith is a common denominator that everyone alive daily expresses in something. Uh, no one can live a single day without expressing faith uh, in the physical world. Uh, when you awoke this morning, you went to the bathroom, uh, you reached over and flipped the light switch on, and you had faith that the lights was going to come on. Now, if you live down here, that's a pretty trying faith because half the time they're out, especially in the last few weeks. seems like they've been out every day. Uh, Beyond that, when you got in your car this morning, you had faith that it was going to start and that it was going to make it to church. Uh, when you mail a letter, you have faith that the postal system is going to get it to the right address uh, if you mail letters anymore. When you go to the pharmacy, you have faith that the, the, the pharmacist is going to give you the right medicine, don't you? And you take that and you... Uh, you believe that you've got the right drugs. Every time you walk into a building, this building or any other building, you've put some faith, expressed faith in the architect or in the builder. So, you know, in the, in the, the, the physical world, we, we, have, we demonstrate faith over and over and over. When I was uh, in uh, Garland area, I was, uh, worked there for, for Texas Power and Light back then, and, and I was on a service truck, and service trucks in it by itself, you know, we go out and... We do service work, and I had an order at a house that set up off uh, this this road. Pretty much garland and mesquite areas were grown up. But this particular house, there was probably 10 or 20, 30 acres out between it, the road and the house, and there was just a little pig trail, and, uh, and there was an old wooden bridge between the road and the house, and there was this little tow-headed kid riding a bicycle about 10, 11 years old, and and I pulled over and I said, is, is this this certain address? He said, yes. And I said, okay, I have an order at that house. Can I go across that bridge? He said, yeah. So I said, okay. And, and I, uh, I opened the gate and I went through the gate and I shut the gate and he just rode that bicycle and sat down by that bridge. <laughs> now, now, let me say something first. Faith uh, is, is expressed in the spiritual realm also. And and the difference between religious faith and that faith in the physical world is the object of our faith. Well, as I started up there, I got to this bridge, and when I got where I could see it, I realized it's been years since anybody crossed this bridge. And the thing is, this little toot, <laughs> he thought, I'm going to watch this, because <laughs> this truck is fixed to fall in this creek, you know. So he... I, I, I said, do y'all cross this bridge? He goes, oh, no. I said, well, how do you get to your house? Well, you can go up this street and down that alley, and it comes into our driveway. <laughs> Isn't that a brat, you know? I mean, but, but uh, it made me think about that, that, that old boy that was, went to driving school, and, and the teacher got up and said, Listen, you're driving in, in your lane at 70 miles an hour, and you're rounding a corner, and, and uh, you meet a, a, a car in your lane coming at you at 70 miles an hour. What are you going to do? And, and he said, I'm going to wake Bubba up. And, and they said, well, 
Why are you going to wake up Bubba? He said, because Bubba ain't never seen no crash like it's fixing to happen. And uh, that little boy, he, he thought, I ain't never seen nothing like it's fixing to happen, but I want to watch this. And, and think about the object of our faith. That is the big difference, isn't it? I mean, when we think about the physical world, we have, we have a lot of things that we, we put our faith in. But when we think about in the spiritual realm, regardless of our backgrounds, our emotion, our, our social status, we all can express faith. And when we think about faith and we think about the object of our faith, again, every, everyone places their faith in something or someone. You know, I was thinking about some of the different groups, the, the Muslims. They put their faith in the Koran and Muhammad. So they, that's their object of faith. We have, we have humanists, and they, they put their faith in themselves. And we have the followers of religion who, who put their faith in their own works. But the problem with the objects of those faiths, whether, whether it be Muhammad or the Koran or whether it be putting it in yourself or putting your faith in religion, the problem with all of those things is the only faith that's any good, the only faith that, that's object uh, is, is, is where we need to be looking at is our faith in God because the object of our faith, when it becomes God, it's the only faith that can save. All of those other things, in, and I'm talking about in the spiritual life, in the spiritual realm, that people put their faith in, whether it's their works, their deeds, the Koran, Muhammad, None of those objects of their faith has the ability to save. And, and over in, uh, in Acts chapter 4, Jesus Christ says, Nor is there a salvation found in anyone else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. And that's the name of Christ. That's, that should be the object of our faith. And as we go and look in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, this, this book of Hebrews talks about faith. And, and what I want us to see today is two different things. And, and I want us to think about what faith is and what faith does. Now, before we get into this, I want, I want you just to think to yourself, if, if you were asked today, what is faith? And what does faith do? I want you to think about what is your answer to that? Because what we're talking about is a serious subject. I mean, we're talking about the object of our faith. So I think it's important for us to, to realize and understand what is faith and what does it do. And I want to start first with this, what faith is. And in Hebrews chapter 11, we'll start there in verse 1. It kind of gives us a definition of what faith is. It says this, Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understood that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. <clears throat> to understand what faith is, we must get past a certain misconceptions about faith. Now, there's four things I want us to think about that are misconceptions about faith. And I want, as we go through these, I want you to think to yourself... Do I have any of these misconceptions? And I'll tell you, when I started looking at this and, and studying this, I had some of these same misconceptions about faith. The first is this. A misconception is that faith is the ability to manipulate God. In other words, uh, this approach is the health and wealth prosperity gospel. In other words, we, we, faith is the ability that, that we, can, we can have faith, and because we have this faith that we can uh, go and, and we can 
have a, our aim is to be blessed by God. So, so our whole, whole idea behind that approach sees faith as having one aim and, and one fruit, and that's a, that's a life of ease and blessing. So we just say, you know what? I'm going to have faith, and, and because of my faith, I'm going to have blessings, and I'm going to have an easy life, and, and, and that's why I'm going to have faith. That's a misconception about faith. Here's the second thing. That faith is the observance of some set of beliefs. In other words, we've got to know a certain doctrine and we have to have a certain belief. You know, Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12, I know whom I have believed. And, and that ideal that faith is an observance of beliefs is simply come to the point of, of saying, you know what? If your faith are not founded in the right person, it doesn't matter what else you believe. So it's just simply saying, I believe in this, this right person. I believe in this right thing. So, so that's what faith is. That's, that's a misconception. Here's the third thing. And this is where I think some of us find ourselves. Faith is just this blind leap into the dark. In other words, we just, we, many believers, they, they think faith is kind of the antithesis of science. You just, you just, you just take whatever makes sense. And you just do the opposite. You know, if I really have faith and uh, we go back and we talk about the mustard seed and, and I tell this mountain to fall into the ocean, it'll fall into the ocean. If I just have enough faith, I can walk on water. So, so that misconception is that, that we just take blind leaps. We just go and say, okay, it's bound to be God's will, it's got to be God's ideal. I'm just going to leap blindly by faith. That's a misconception about faith. And then finally, the last thing is, is faith is simply a devotion to whatever God we happen to be following. And I think a lot of people fall into that. You know, uh, 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 they, they can go to someone and that person can be a sincere person and a nice person. They can say the right things. They can act the right way. And, and, and we'll say about that person, that, that person is a, is a person of deep faith. And, and really doesn't matter who they follow, Muhammad or, or uh, uh, any kind of ism that comes along, any kind of uh, 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 thing that they say, well, we're, we're really totally committed to that. As long as they're sincere, then we just define that as, you know what, they've got a, they're, they're a person of great faith. You can see that in their sincerity. But unfortunately, that's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. Real faith looks like, and and there in Hebrews, what we just read, it it really explains what the the really faith looks like. And I hope you get this this morning. I learned a lot from this as I was putting this together. Now, the faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. What does that mean? And, and for us to really get an understanding, I think we kind of got to look at what the words mean. And, and the first thing, this word substance, is, it's a Greek word that, that literally means this, to stand under or to support. That's what, so when we, we read that faith is the, is the ability to stand under or, or to support. Faith is the foundation that gives a believer confidence to stand. So if we're defending or we're defining faith, what is faith? Well, it's something that gives a believer the confidence to stand. That verse could really be translated as, is faith is the confidence of things that are hoped for. So when we're thinking about our faith, we, we look at ourselves, we say, do I have this faith? Which means, do I have the confidence of things to hope for? This is illustrated in the life of a missionary. His name was Hudson Taylor. You may have heard him. Hudson Taylor, he was the first missionary to China. He was kind of a famous missionary. He was in a sailing vessel, and they were getting very close to a, the shore of a cannibal 
cannibalistic island. In other words, there are cannibals on this island, and the ship, all of a sudden, it caught a calm. And, it, and a calm, just what I mean, it's just calm. It's calm in here right now. There's, there's no breeze blowing. There's just a calmness here. And, and as it caught this calm, the ship started drifting slowly towards the shore. This is a true story. And, and there were the savages there on the island. Not the savages, <laughs> but the savages. Uh, there, there were the savages, and they, they were thinking, hey, we, we've got a buffet. I mean, look, look what's coming. This, this ship is... It's caught in a calm, and it's, it's, it's drifting towards us. And the captain said to Mr. Taylor, he, he said, would you pray that, that God will help us? And, and Taylor said, I will, providing that yourselves, you set them up to catch the breeze. They had all their sails brought down, and, and they're drifting in this calm. And the captain said, I'm not going to do that. I'd be a laughingstock if I went and I told all my men to, to unfurl the sails and put them up in this, in this dead calm. And Taylor said, well, I'll not pray for this vessel until you go and you lift your sails and you prepare your sails. So the captain did it, and, and Taylor went, and he began to pray, and, and there came a knock on the door in the room that he was in, and he said, who is there? And the captain's voice said, are, are you still praying for wind? And he said, yes. And the captain said, well, stop praying because we have more than we can manage. And see, that's, that's confidence. Taylor had that, that example. He understood what faith is. He said, I have a, a confidence it wasn't leaping into the blind. It wasn't saying, okay, God, I'm going to have faith and, and you're going to bless me and you're going to do this and that and I'm going to show my faith and, and I've put my confidence in. It was simply a confidence of saying, you know what, raise yourselves because I have faith, I have confidence in what God's Word said. So, so that first part in Hebrews, as we see, what does it mean? It, it means we have confidence. Well, the second part, it's described in faith, it's translated as evidence. And, and as we read there, it, it's confidence in things, and, and there's evidences of things. So, so that word means conviction. So when we put those things together, faith is that confidence to know that God is going to provide it, and it's, it's a conviction to say, you know what, God promised this, and, and I'm going to believe it. So when we begin to think about it, and we begin to define that word faith, we can translate it this way. Faith is having confidence and conviction in knowing God is going to do what he said he's going to do. There's another story of a, of a ship. It just happened to be an uh, illustration I found, and, and it's about George Mueller. Y'all may have heard of him, of Bristol. He was, he was traveling. Mueller had several children's homes, and, and throughout his life, he, he always depended on God to provide for them. He never advertised. He never went out and sought any kind of donations, but it, says, it was said that he received more than a million pounds from the Lord, simply through prayer. He would have a need. He would just go and pray about it. And this story was told from the captain of a ship about George Mueller. He was aboard this ship, and uh, he had been on the bridge for 24 hours straight, this captain had, and, and uh, he had never lifted it, left that, that side. And George Mueller came up and said, Captain, I've come to tell you that I have to be in Quebec on this Saturday, this Saturday afternoon. Is it possible? And the captain said, I said, well, then very well. It, it, uh, the captain said, it, it, it's impossible. 
And Mueller said, well, well, then very well, if your ship can't take me there, then God will find another way because I've never broken an engagement in 57 years. So let us go down to the chart room and pray together. The captain says, I looked at the man of God and thought to myself, what a lunatic. What asylum did this man come from? For I've never heard of things such as this. Mr. Mueller said, do you know how dense the fog is? Or he said to Mr. Mueller, do you know how dense the fog is? To which Mueller replied, no, I don't know, because my eye is not on the density of the fog, but my eye is on the living God who controls every circumstance in my life. He knelt down and he prayed one of the simplest prayers. And when he had finished, the captain says, I was going to pray. But he put his hand on my shoulder and said, don't pray, for you do not believe that he'll answer, as I believe that he has. So there's no need for you whatsoever to pray about it. The captain says, I looked at Mr. George Miller and said, I looked at him and George Miller said, Captain, I've known the Lord for 57 years and there's never been a single day when I failed to get an audience with the king. Get up, Captain, open the door and you'll find the fog is gone. The captain said, I got up, and indeed the fog was gone. And on that Saturday afternoon, George Mueller kept his promised engagement. See, he had confidence. George Mueller said, I have the confidence to know that that God is going to deliver, and, and I have the conviction that I can pray, and I can believe in that promise. So... Let's put that together. What is faith? It's, it's again, it's, it's confidence to stand and it's a conviction to, to believe in a promise. So next time we talk about we're going to do something and we're going to have to live by faith. What are we doing? We're living by confidence that I'm going to be able to stand in these circumstances. And then I have the conviction to believe in God's promise. As Christians, God's given us a lot of promises. I can't stand there and say, here's a promise, here's a promise, here's a promise. But, but in each circumstance of our life, when we're facing whatever, whatever we may be facing, if we have that true faith, we say, you know what? I, I'm confident that I can stand and I'm convicted that God is going to deliver the promises He has for me. So what does faith do? This is my last point. Now, there's a few headings under that last point, but, but what does faith do? We see there in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to read in, in verse 4 to start off with, faith did this. Faith caused Abel to worship God. That's what it says in Hebrews. Faith caused Abel to worship God. If you go to Genesis 4, 1 through 10, you can read that whole story. But it says, By faith Abel offered God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous, and God testifying of his gifts, and through it he, being dead, still speaks. Now that's, that's the testimony of Abel in Hebrews. And, and we don't know the details of Abel's faith. You know, you remember who Abel is. That's way back there at the very beginning. That's way back in Genesis. And, and we don't know just how much Abel had, had, been, uh, had been revealed about God. And, and we don't know so much about uh, how he was able to worship God. The Bible doesn't speak of that. But, but we know that, that Abel's father, Abraham, had walked with God. I mean, not Abraham. Adam had walked with God. 
uh, we, we know that, that uh, Adam had a deep-rooted faith in God, and evidently he, was, he had passed that on to his kids, and, and Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice. He chose the, the choicest lamb as an offering, and he brought it to the place of sacrifice. So, so Abel's faith, faith is active. Faith, faith causes us to move, and, and, and Adam, Abel's faith, it, it caused him to worship God. Now, folks, I'm nobody's final judge, and, and I, I find it str- extremely hard to believe that those whose faith never compels them to come to the Lord's house to worship, those, those whose faith never moves them to, to worship God the Father, I, I, I question if they're truly saved because I believe that's what faith does. It, it causes us to, to come to worship God. It causes us to want to be uh, looking towards God and, and praising God and worshiping God. And, and that true faith, that's what it does. It, it looks for opportunities to worship. So, so that faith caused uh, Abel to, to worship God. Here's the second thing we see in verses 5 and 6. Faith called Enoch to walk with God. I love the story of Enoch. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. This is verse 5 and 6 of Hebrews 11. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, Enoch, he's, he's kind of a fascinating guy in the Bible to me. He's, Enoch lived in one of the darkest periods in all of Israel's history, or all history of the world, right before God was to destroy the world through the flood. That's when Enoch, uh, that's when Enoch was here, and that's when he walked the earth. And, and because man was so evil during those times, Somehow Enoch managed to keep himself pure. Now that wasn't always the case, uh, but the Bible says Enoch walked with God, yet the Genesis records that in Enoch's life, over in Genesis chapter 5, 21 through 24, he hadn't always followed God for about the first 65 years of his life. Now remember, people lived a long time back then, and just a little side note, don't let anyone say, well, years were shorter back then. That's just bull, okay? That's not true. A year has been a year for years and years and years and years, and it'll always be a year. People lived longer. There's, we could go into that. We could talk about all kinds of reasons. But for around 65 years, Enoch didn't walk with God, and, and presumably he was a man uh, of his times. In other words, he looked like everyone else during that time. He, he was just a man of the times. But he, had a, uh, he gave birth to a son. He did, and his wife did. And, and uh, his son, son's name was Methuselah, and I'm sure you've heard of Methuselah. So throughout the remaining 300 years of Enoch's life, the next 300 years, he, he wasn't walking with God. He was a man of the times. He, gave, he had a, a new son, and for the next 300 years, the Bible says Enoch walked with God. If you go over and read that whole story, this is what I loved. It says, Enoch walked with God and he was no more. To me, that's just a, a beautiful picture of what Enoch was. He, he was there with God and the Hebrew form of that verb means he walked closely with God continually. So when we're reading this and we read, by faith, Enoch was walking with God. Here's how we define that. 
continually, Enoch was walking closely and continually with God. The, the walk that, that Enoch experienced was that of, of a deepening intimacy with God. He lived every day, listen, in the presence of the Lord. What does our faith do? It causes us to walk with God. What does it mean to walk with God? It means to live every day in the presence of the Lord, to, to constantly commune with the Father. And, and Enoch's faith was, was his obedience. And he, he walked with God. And, and as he walked with God, the Bible says he pleased God. I want us to just think about uh, ourselves, and I'm thinking about myself. Do we daily walk with God? Because a result of faith is this, we daily walk in the presence of the Lord. You know, we never go out of the presence of God. When we're a born-again Christian, the Bible says that God has sent His Spirit and He abides within us. He lives within us. So we're always in the presence of God. And, and was not only was Enoch in the presence of God, but Enoch recognized that and he walked with God daily. He was in the presence of God daily. He, he was constantly in communion with God the Father. That's what faith does. Here's the next one we find in Scripture. And if you're reading through Hebrews 11, don't worry. We're not going to go all the way through Hebrews 11, amen? Because you get to looking and it, it's all the way plumb over there and verse 30, by faith the walls of Jericho fell. I mean, it goes on and on and on. But we're going to stop right here. Faith calls Noah to work for God. So we see that faith calls Abel to worship God. Faith called Enoch to walk with God. And faith called Noah to work for God. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things, listen, not yet seen. I think that's the key right there. Think about what we said the definition of faith was found in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It was that confidence to stand and the conviction to believe. So here's Noah. God had warned him of things that had never even been seen in his time. And moved with godly fear. What was he was convicted. He, he had a confidence to say, you know what, God, God has warned me of these things. And, and I, I, I'm, I'm convicted. I believe it's going to happen. Moves with godly fear. This is chapter, this is verse 7, chapter 11 of Hebrews, verse 7. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, preparing an ark for the saving of his household, by which he commended the world and became heirs of righteousness, which is according to his faith. The story of, of Noah's generation is the story of, of the degeneration of, of humanity to sin. That was the story. That's where Noah was at. That's Genesis 6, 5 through 7. And verse 11, listen to what it says. I just want to take a few verses out of that, Genesis 6. The wickedness of man was great. Every intent of the thoughts of the heart was evil continually. This is the time that Noah's living in. The earth was corrupt before God, and the whole earth was filled with violence. And when we begin to look at this story of Noah, we, we realize that God's marvelous grace, that saving grace, he, he came to Noah as a believer. And he said, Noah, this is what's going to happen. And, and Noah literally stood against the world. 
during that time. And, and Jesus even used, a, uh, if you go to Matthew 24, 37 through 39, he talks about when he returns, it'll be like as the days of Noah, when the earth is corrupt and men are turning to their own ways and there's evilness throughout the world. He, he used that, that example of Noah. But, but Noah built an ark. He believed in God. Now, I'm sure you may have, if you grew up in church, you probably remember these stories. But, but the earth had never seen rain And here Noah is building his huge boat. Noah's a couple hundred miles from the nearest body of water. He builds a boat and and it's 450 feet long. It's 75 feet wide. It's 45 foot high. That's that's nearly one and a half times the length of a football field. It's four stories high. Can you imagine the people making fun of Noah? That jeered at him, that laughed at him, that said, Hey, what did that captain say? What, what asylum did this nut come out of? He's over here building a ship that he can't even move to the water. He's doing this every day. But think about this. Every tree that Noah cut, it was, it was screaming faith. And every hammer, that every time that hammer struck a nail or however he was putting that together through pegs or whatever, that was screaming faith. And as he sealed up all the cracks with, with slime or pitch, and that was screaming faith. You know how long he built this ship? A hundred and twenty years. Can you think of the persecution the first year or two? Three years, four years, five years, ten years, thirty years, forty years, a hundred years? Ha <laughs> ha, you nutball! It's, you've been building this boat a hundred years. What are you doing, Noah? A hundred and twenty years. What did he have? He had confidence to stand and conviction to believe. And because of his faith, Noah said, I'm going to work for God. I have a faith. I believe that God says, and, and I'm confident in his word. And because I have confidence in his word, I can stand. And because I'm convicted about his word, I believe God's going to deliver on exactly what he says he'll deliver. Noah went right on building in faith. And I want us to think about a, a man of faith that continually showed his faith. Does our faith show that? That we, we're continually working for God because we know God has a plan and a purpose and a promise. And we're convicted about that and we believe that that's going to take place. There was a, a story about a three-year-old. He, he was in his father's arms. He, he had security in his father's arms and they were, they were in a pool and they were there uh, playing in the water. And his dad, just for fun, he, he had his son there. And he, he said, we're going deeper and deeper and deeper. As he began to walk on into the deeper water. And, and the, the, the son, the, the water rose higher and higher. And, and the son, he, he, he increased his, his grip upon his father. And he, he sensed this, this panic, a little bit of panic coming. And he held on tighter and tighter. And of course, the father, he, he could touch the bottom. And, and the thing is, the, the little boy's anxiety, as it began to rise, he, he, he didn't really realize he couldn't touch the bottom anywhere. I mean, he couldn't touch the bottom even on the shallow end where they started, but, but he didn't realize this. He just, he realized that the water's depth was getting higher and higher, and, and because of that, he, his intensity, it, it began to get harder and harder and, and, and tighter and tighter and tighter. And I was, I was reading about that and thinking about that. You know, that's kind of us in our lives, isn't it? 
I mean, that's kind of where we are sometimes when, when problems abound and, and when, and when any, anything comes our way, we're, we're often tempted to panic. I mean, we're, we're tempted to, to, to think we've lost control and, and we, we, we say, well, you know, I don't know where I need to go and I'm losing control and I'm losing my grasp on things. But, but listen to this. If, if you don't hear anything else, hear this. The truth is, give this some thought, we are never really in control over the most valuable things of life, are we? I mean, we really don't have control over those things. Over the most, the most valuable things of life, they're, they're beyond our control. But, but we're always being held up by the grace of God, by our Father. I mean, he, He's always there holding us. The Bible says He doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. We're never out of depth when it comes to the Father. He, he can touch the bottom wherever we are in life, whatever our circumstances. He's been there. He, he, he has a grip on us, and, and He's still in control. That's what faith does. I want us to think about this. As, as God may want us to move deeper in our relationship with Him, do you have that confidence and that conviction that, that we worship a God and He is faithful? That same, that same faithfulness that Abel had and that same confidence that, that caused Enoch to walk with God and that same confidence that caused Noah to work with God. Because when it comes to faith, that's what faith truly is. It's not something blind that we step out on not knowing. It's, it's not simply saying, I, don't, I need to cash in on these things, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have faith. It's not simply saying, you know what, I really believe in this. I'm really sincere. But faith is action saying, you know what, I have a confidence that God is going to deliver. And as I have that confidence, I have a conviction that's going to move me forward. Father, I pray this morning that we truly would understand what faith is. Father, I know in my life, I've lived so many years not really understanding what it was and what it means to have faith in you but with misconceptions and different things around that uh, just live a life and not have that true security. But, Father, I pray as we look up uh, this roll call of faith in Hebrews, and as we begin to look at that, we find over and over what faith really is, is confidence of having the ability to stand and then having that conviction to say, you know what, I believe. I, I believe God said it, and I believe it, and that settles it. Lord, I pray today that we would have a faith in you that causes us to worship you, that we would have a faith in you that would help us to walk with you daily in your presence, commune with you. And then, Father, I pray that we'd have that kind of faith that says, you know what, I'm going I'm to fulfill my purpose with God. Wherever it is, whatever it is, whatever it may be, I'm convicted and I'm confident that God's going to complete a task he started in me. Father, I pray this morning that the, this, any kind of foolishness and stumbling around that's come out of my mouth this morning, I pray that it be remembered no more. But Father, those things that are right those things that are true, those things that are just, that, Father, we would hold tight to those 
And I pray this in the name of Jesus. This morning, I want to ask that you would stand with me. We're going to deviate off the schedule a little bit to number 405. So uh, I think Haley's already got that pulled up. And we're going to sing uh, a song, and we're just going to use this for an encouragement today. If the Holy Spirit's moving, I'll ask that you come. We're all going to sing this together. And uh, it's a simple song that says, Have Faith in God. Let's sing that together. Have faith in God when your pathway is lonely. He sees and knows all the way you have trod. Never alone are the least of His children. Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Have faith in God, He's on His throne. Have faith in God, He watches o'er His own. He cannot fail, He must prevail. Have faith in God, have faith in God. Well, thank you for being here this morning. A couple of things we have. Remember uh, Miss Savage on the uh, 24th, uh, Delta County Hope House. We'll be having a fundraiser. If you can make chili stew or some type of dessert, there's a sign-up sheet in the foyer if you would sign it up so they can be preparing. And also, next Saturday night, there will be a benefit for Johnny Bradford, and it's going to be at the community center. What time is it going to start? At 5 p.m., and uh, there's going to be stew. Why don't you read that? Okay, he's going through some treatments. He has cancer, and they're going to have a fundraiser. Now, I know that senior serve is that night also, so uh, I'm going to try to do both somehow. So, uh, But you're invited to come and be a part of that. Five bucks over at the community center starting at 5 o'clock. So those are a couple of things coming up. Any other word? All right. Well, let's be dismissed with a word of prayer. Father, again, I thank you for this day. I thank you, Father, for the truth of your word, and I pray... Just for me right now, Father, that uh, I would learn to walk by faith, uh, that I would have an understanding of what it is uh, to be faithful and that I'd understand your faithfulness in us, Lord. I pray that my faith would lead me to worship you, my faith would lead me to have confidence in you, and, and Father, as I walk with you daily, Lord, I pray that I would fulfill your purpose for me. And Lord, I pray that for my brothers and sisters here today, I pray, Lord, that we would walk in your ways and not trust our own understandings, and we would allow you to direct our paths. And I pray this in the name of Jesus.